Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at PCTYTalks at Paylocity.com. On today's episode, I have special guest, Cami Bond. Cami is the founder and CEO of Bond Talent Group, a HR and talent strategy consulting company. I've invited Cami on today to dive into her care leadership model. Cami, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I love spending time with anyone from Paylocity. That's so awesome. Um, Cami is in a, a location in Michigan, and as you know, we're all going through this. So um, if you hear kids in her background or dogs in mine, we're um, doing this from our home offices, so bear with us. Um, I was hoping, Cami, you could share with our listeners a little bit about your background and experience before we dive into our topic. Sure, thanks. Um, so I've got about 20 plus years, I guess to say more would be dating myself, but I got 20 years of HR experience. Um, I was, I always say that I'm one of the lucky ones because I figured out what I wanted to do even in uh, undergraduate school and knew that I wanted to go into human resources. So I've worked for public companies, private companies, large companies, small companies, um, and found my love uh, for human resources and really about culture through early on with a company called Sapient, and then fell in love with focusing on leadership development during my time with GE and Aon. Um, And then later in my career, I was the CHRO for two different uh, tech and tech-enabled companies. Wow, it's it's, uh, kind of few and far between to find somebody who knew they wanted to be in HR in their undergrad. I know most people fall into human resources, but um, I was lucky to do internships and I had done a couple different internships from everything from underwriting in a bank to writing grants for nonprofit. And then the one that sealed the deal for me was I had a summer internship at Merrill Lynch working on an engagement survey. And I just fell in love with the data and the idea of helping people care more about their employees by listening to what they have to say and to be able to um, put some actions into place. So seal the deal for me. Yeah. Um, Okay. I want to dive into our topic. I think we all are experiencing fatigue right now when it comes to people saying we're living in unprecedented times. Um, The last few months have been challenging to say the least, but I think HR professionals as a whole, I've seen rise to the occasion and even excel in some scenarios. Yet, I think our leaders' ability to lead has never been as taxed as it is right now, and HR professionals are uniquely positioned to help. So I wanted to dig right in and have you share your inspiration for your leadership framework, CARE, and why it matters now more than ever. So I, you know, I have had the luxury and the benefit of, um, like I said, working in lots of different types of organizational settings, and therefore with lots of different leaders. and. When I started to think about, even pre-pandemic, when I started to think about the next generation of leadership in multi-generational workforce, Gen Zs, at that time, already thinking about distributed um, and decentralized organizations that are working remotely, 
you know, I, and I started talking to people, it really came down to people feeling that they wanted to be cared about. You know, they, they're not thinking about being loyal to organizations for 30 something years, but they're, they will stay longer when they feel like their personal life it matters. And then their professional life matters and be they cared about um, holistically and fully human. So um, I think as we're coming through this pandemic and my inspiration now for care is that people want to know they're cared about their their health, their safety, their well-being, their financial stability, their um, family status, loved ones, and yet you have to separate personal from professional. So then it becomes, well, how do we make sure that they really are thinking about how to develop stability and security while you can't make those promises in coming out of a pandemic, you can't promise, you know, everyone's going to have a job, but you can create opportunity and you can communicate with authenticity and you can help relate to people. So you understand the situations that you're going through and you can create an environment that empowers and enables people to do their best where hopefully they can thrive. And so to answer your question, my inspiration really is around how do you connect to this workforce and help them um, create the best opportunities for themselves to have prosperity and thrive coming out of something that they are fearful and is unknown. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm so inspired by by the leaders around us who have really stepped it up in thinking about empathy um, and seeing examples of resiliency that that people are having um, for the care model itself. I'm assuming CARE is an acronym. What does it stand for? Yeah, so it it, it is. So the C, and I'll talk a little bit around each of them. Um, the C really is around creation and creating opportunity. So, you know, because we are going into an unknown, there's no playbook for everything that we're going through. Um, and people have to look at new business models. They have to look at new opportunities, new ways of working, new generation of revenue, new ways of developing talent, new ways of engaging and connecting. So the C is about creating, creating the opportunity, creating the environment, the climate, the one that, um, you know, have, have a stance, you know, create the culture that you want to have for your employees and your management teams and, and your customers. So it really is around that creation, making things happen. The A is for authenticity. And this is one that I think what I think most about the inspiration for the care framework, it started with the, the A. Um, I believe leaders more than ever should be humble, admit mistakes, communicate when they what, what they know, when they know it, and what they don't know. I think feel feelings, allow people to hear joy when you, you know, promote someone or you win a deal or you close a round of funding or, you know, you celebrate someone's health and, and safety if you're a small doctor's office, whatever it is, you know, I think that authenticity of being truly who you are, not trying to be a different type of leader. Um, and so really being just um, true and genuine and authentic. The R is relatable. And I think this comes through most coming out of uh, COVID and the, and the pandemic is leaders need to be able to relate to all of their employees, you know, and, and really um, be able to be empathetic and understand that they might be dealing with aging parents. They might be dealing with, um, you know, babies at home. They might have a 
a spouse that's lost their job. They might have a lot of stress in their environment. Um, you know, gone are the days of you know leaders, you know, feeling like they live in an ivory tower and and cannot connect um, emotionally and conversationally with their employees. It it really is important to be able to relate to everyone from um, different socioeconomic statuses, different cultures, different um, colors of skin, and different you know aspects. So that the R really comes into the diversity and inclusion and helping people have a sense of belonging in that sense. And the E, and I've debated about whether it's empower or whether it's enable, but it's a little bit of both. Um, I believe that, you know, it's not their leader's responsibility to hand things over and a silver spoon and, um, you know, completely tell people how to grow or how to develop or what to do. But I believe it's around enabling. And the, the key question that comes to mind when I was creating this framework is the number one question a leader can ask an employee is, how can I help you? What, what barriers are getting in your way of you being at your best? And what, what's blocking you, um, whether psychologically, mentally, physically, bureaucratically, politically, um, the E is really around creating the environment for people to be empowered and enabling them to be their best selves. So creating, giving them the tools, the resources, the feedback, the coaching, uh, all of that to be able to truly enable people to be their best selves. So um, it really is around that creation, authenticity, relatability, and enablement. You know, you touched on a couple of things that I think are new or newer when it comes to leadership styles. Um, as you're moving to leaders that are more relatable, more empathetic, how have you seen those leadership styles and expectations change over the years? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate that I had the ability to really grow up in human resources and leadership development through my time at GE and General Electric. And, you know, during the 2000s, you know, GE was still really well known for breeding leadership talent and helping people go on and be great leaders in other organizations. And I had seen the, the legacy of Jack Welsh and you know, really around differentiation and, you know, moving out the bottom 10% and the war for talent. And he had this edge and aggression side of him that worked. And I think that really worked during that time because it forced leaders to think and it forced them to make tough decisions. And um, whether it's on the business side or on the talent side, I've now seen a different side over the last several years and some of the organizations where um, I think, you know, again, early on, you, you didn't tell people that you were scared. You didn't, as a leader, it was very much frowned upon to express fear or uncertainty. You almost had to fake it to make it or have this confidence about you. Whereas I think now, um, and over the last couple of years and even more going into the next, um, the leadership style that's really most important is being able to be mindful, be present, um, really express feelings of sadness and joy and excitement and fear. Um, and that helps with the relatability side of things, you know, even more so 
work and life are integrated. You said it before. I've you've got the dogs running around. I got kids running around. You know, think things are there, and so I think it's important to make it you know known what's going on. And I think the the biggest example is. You know, when you're under stress and anxiety, um, you know, you're, you've got a lot of triggers. And when you're triggered, you can make poor choices and how you communicate or make bad decisions. And that's why I believe the leadership style of one to say, you know what, you know, I need to take a break or, uh, yeah, I, I'm very clear. And so we're going to make these decisions, bam, bam, bam. And here are the things that I need more data on or more facts, or we're going to wait to see what happens. I think it's really important. So. To summarize, I think the leadership styles have changed where people wanted to put leaders on a pedestal that they were never scared or they they didn't, um, you know, have all the answers. And now I think it's more important that we flatten kind of the organizational hierarchy symbolically or literally and really help be relatable. And leaders are just one of us. And we we lead, you know, we follow them because they inspire us and because they're decisive and because they have a strategy and because they know how to surround themselves by good team members. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of be that authentic person now more than ever. You mentioned um, inspiration, and I think I think that's so important. I mean, there are people in my life, um, as I read about leadership and empathy, that are definitely inspiring to me. Is there a leader that comes to top of mind for you that really has inspired you or that you look to and say, you know, this person is modeling care? Yeah, I mean, the first, when you asked the question, the first thing that came to my mind was actually early in my career um, when I was an HR generalist and working with a business leader. And this individual, he almost, he taught me what it was to be a good HR generalist or HR manager because he took the time to explain to me when he was asking me questions or asking me for information, why it was important, what it was going to be used for, and how he would, you know, make decisions that impacted the business. And so I I think it was inspiring that he cared enough about me early in my career to go out of his way um, and make time to help me be better. And I and that really inspired me of what's a good organizational culture and what a good leader can do to actually help bring others along. You know, this was even before we were talking about mentors and sponsors and everything else, but it was really someone who cared about my success and my career and my learning and went out of his way to teach me something um, rather than just ask me for information. And so that that's one that just inspired and really inspired me. And then later in my career, you know, I worked for uh, a phenomenal um, boss at, at GE. And with her, she understood my strengths. She understood my limitations and she leaned into my strengths. She trusted me because she knew that I you know, gave results. And so when there was a problem to solve or something new to create, you know, um, she always came to me and said, hey, Cammy, can you figure this out? And she really inspired me because she let me be me. She let me have my intense personality and my, you know, quest for passion and curiosity and creating new things. And she created those opportunities for me. She enabled me to thrive, to help her and help me, uh, rather than boxing me into a job 
that already existed. She allowed me to create new roles to solve new problems. And I think that's truly inspiring as, as people are thinking about how can they grow. You know, we, the roles that exist today may not be the jobs that exist in five years. And sometimes you just have to think about how can I maximize the experiences given my day-to-day now? And that leader just helped me find ways to create new opportunities and enable me to be my best self. And um, I, I think it's truly inspiring. And to this day, I, I look to her as, the, as a role model of leadership. You know, it's interesting, the people in our lives that can bring us along and inspire us. Um, but I find that there's also those group of people, those leaders that have not been so great. Um, that also motivate us? Have you experienced or you can think about a time where you've had a leader who didn't inspire you, but also motivated you to be something different? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you, you take the good you take the good and the bad all together in your experiences. Um, and, and, you know, I, I have uh, worked for and or, you know, coached and worked with all types of leaders. And, um, you know, there's some there's one leader um, that literally said to me, your number one job is to make me look good. And at the time, I knew that it triggered me in a very negative way, but I, I had to really reflect on why it was it was um, why it was so bad. And it really came down to I'm there to serve a greater purpose than for one particular person, right? And and I want to work in organizations that make a difference. And I want to work with people that are about lifting others up and bringing a team together because the sum of our parts are, you know, better than, you know, in us individually or whatever the right metaphor is. Um, but this individual was all about his or herself. And that really taught me that ego and um, all about one leader's brand and, you know, all about them, it, it, it's just not healthy and it's not good. And it, it doesn't create the environment that most people want to work for them and, and create the followership. Um, so I would look out, you know, for, hey, if it's all about that one individual, it's probably not the best place. Um, and then the second thing that came to mind is is also this culture of fear. And I've I've had a leader that was all about, you know, yelling and you know, speaking in very condescending ways and saying why something was good wasn't good, rather than again giving helpful feedback so that you can get better and learn from it. Um, but a culture of fear and blaming and shaming and it is just really unhealthy to someone's uh, mental state and they bring that home with them. Um, and we're better than that. You know, we, we, whether you live, whether you work to live or you, you know, live to work, whatever the right, again, expression is, I love what I do and I love the work that I do. And if it's in an environment where, um, I'm not thriving, then it really tells me something about the leadership for sure. We all experience those different leaders, and I think as HR professionals, we are uniquely positioned, as I said at the beginning, to provide feedback and coaching to those leaders to grow. So what are some suggestions you have for our listeners on how they can help leaders who aren't showing empathy and compassion? Yeah, so, I mean, number one is you have to ask people if they're open 
right, to hearing feedback or to getting guidance. And if they may not be in the moment, you it's around asking um, when would be a good time and to share an observation that you had and what the impact of that observation was in a suggestion for improvement. So ask and be be clear. Um, and then second is really around the data and, and facts. And so again, talking about whether it's research or something that happened um, internally in your in your organization and whether you can share an example of someone that did show compassion, empathy, and the positive result that it had, or if someone came to you and was negatively impacted by a lack of it, you know, share that information. And then third is really around offering help, you know, and and help in, you know, I, I'm I'm one that always believes assume positive intent. So whether they're not showing it, you know, I don't assume that they're not capable or they don't um, want to. I believe that they're not doing it because they don't know how um, or they they don't realize the importance and significance. So I think the third thing really is to talk about what it means and that the fact that most people especially that are not as experienced in their career, you know, are, are scared. They're scared of, of failure. They're scared of looking bad. They're scared of losing their job. They're scared of letting people down. And so if you can really put yourself and help these as HR professionals, help these leaders to just take a moment to say, put yourself in their shoes. You know, if, if they're scared about something, how can you relate to them to help get them over that fear? and just help them learn and grow. So, you know, again, one, find a place to ask when they're open to the feedback um, and allow that mental space to be free. Two is is really being able to lead with that data and facts or examples to help them understand the significance and the impact. And three is help them relate to the individuals in which they lead and talk to, to give them the perspective of there's got to be a better way to do it. Um, and that maybe you know, they can see more positive results if, in fact, they can show compassion and empathy. Um, if you free the the mental space for individuals, the productivity will increase and will produce better results um, of the of their workload that they're they're doing. I do like that you started off with ask if they're open to feedback. I have found that that tactic has made conversations so much easier um, when you kind of set the stage. If listeners want to get a hold of you to learn more or dive deeper into your care model, how can they reach you? Sure. Um, well, I'm always open uh, to learn what people are experiencing and if there's anything that I can do to offer some perspective. So you can reach me um, via my website, which is bondtalentgroup.com. You can shoot me an email at cami, K-A-M-I, at bondtalentgroup.com. You can call me. I'm at 312-888-6802. You know, I got nothing else to do, but work and be home. So uh, I'm happy to lend uh, an ear to those that are looking at being able to change how they work and make an impact in a more positive uh, human way. Cammie, thank you so much for being on today. The wealth of knowledge you shared just in this short time Um, I have takeaways that I'm definitely going to use. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Stay well, healthy. 